All right. And with that, we welcome everybody to the Wednesday edition of Baseball Today. It's on our new YouTube platform. No more of that IG stuff. We're connect and drop it out and all sorts of weird stuff, Ploof. I feel like we we finally have a home. Well, don't curse us, bro. Okay. <laughs> like we got to make sure we understand the tech at YouTube. <laughs> all right. Pretty soon, let me say this. IG Live, YouTube, TikTok next. Are we getting younger? Uh yes. We're not. Yes. We're we not. are no, we're not. We're no, <laughs> we're not. We're like the Benjamin Button of uh of baseball. Is that possible? Okay. No, I guess that's just where you look younger, not where you are technically younger. Yeah, because he dies when he's like a baby. So that's Yeah. That's I don't like kind that movie bummer. at all. I'm I'm not into it. A little weird. It was a little yeah. weird. Yeah. Okay. Um anyway, want to welcome everybody here and I want to welcome you back. Uh boy, it looked like you had fun hobnobbing with your really ritzy friends on uh private flights and big time dinners and walking around San Francisco like you own the joint. Did you have a good time? I kind of did own the joint. You know, I was with uh, the reigning NL manager of the year for some time. Yes. Got to hang with Gabe. But no, we had a great time. Honestly, it was one of the best weekends I've ever had. So I appreciate you filling in or helping me fill in on Monday because I was a mess. It would have been a bad show with me. Oh, really? You were. Yeah. You, it would have been like a drunk stumble all the way around? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there would have been some slurring and some foggy thoughts, but now I'm clear-headed, ready to go. Okay. Uh, I know you asked me, what is the hat you're wearing? Just got a brand new one from a minor league affiliate, the Beloit Carp. New mm. single-A affiliate of the Miami Marlins. So we've got the little carp thing working up here. So we'll be Wait, dropping a, a link as to where you can get this. I think they start off playing 2022, if I'm not mistaken. They just dropped the hats this past week. So is they got a kind of a, a, or a fish. this and another hat that's uh that's pretty fresh, I gotta tell you. I like it. Can you not hear me? You can't hear me right now, can you? Okay. I don't know what's happening. Hey, what what, what was that? My earpiece just dropped out for a second. It got a little little fritzy. Oh, are you back now? Yeah, I'm back now. I'm oh, back. I asked if that was a fish or a bird on your hat. Well, I think a carp is a I think it's a fish, right? It is, but it looks like a bird to me. I, I don't know. I, can't I know. It looks like a looks like a goose or something. All right. Anyway, whatever. I love Beloit, Wisconsin. Just so you know, shout out Beloit. I was a snapper there. Were you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get it going here. Uh, we're we're smack dab in the middle of uh, awards week. Today we start off with uh, one of the big ones. NLAL Cy Young Award winners will be announced. Let's start off with the NL Cy Young Award winner. That will be Corbin Burns. Hmm. I think that uh, there's a couple of things that people might look at and say, oh, maybe not Corbin Burns. But really, when you dig into the numbers, I think he kind of runs away with it. You know, he gets penalized for not having as many innings as some of the other guys. But we have to remember, he had a, like a COVID thing early on in the season. So you can't really fault him for that. Here's what he led the league in, Chris. Tell me if these are important categories. Um, ERA. Okay. Some people consider that important. Some people don't. Um, ERA plus. FIP, that's what I consider the most important for a pitcher. He led the league in right. that. Homers per nine, strikeouts per nine, strikeouts per walk. The guy almost struck out seven people per walk. Do you remember when he went 54 strikeouts without issuing a walk? He I had know. a combined no-hitter. Like, you got to remember, like, this guy was so, so good this year. I think that it's his, and and I think he runs away with it. 
All right, so he actually had the best FIP since Pedro in 1999. Insane. So we're talking in 22 years when Pedro was having just ridiculous seasons back there with Boston. Here's the one thing that concerns me, and maybe I'm a little bit too old school on this, but I don't think so. It, he's going to have 167 innings pitched this year. That would be the fewest by any Cy Young award-winning starter in a full season. And by the way, Zach Wheeler threw 215 innings to lead Major League Baseball. Ploof, you know that. That is a huge disparity, and I get it that, that he was on the shelf and he still gave them a lot of innings per start. But to me, that is a big, big deal for a guy. And, and Wheeler put up some great numbers, too. It wasn't like his metrics sucked. You know, I think he was number one in the NL in strikeouts. Uh, he led Major League pitchers in war. You got to factor in he had a terrible defense, at least metrically behind him. So if you go with Wheeler, to me, it's not a big problem here. Well, but dude, when you get down to this and we're talking about like three or four finalists for the Cy Young, there's a lot of things that all these guys do really well. I just think the overall body of work, I understand. Like I said, the innings, I, I get that. I see it's a glaring, um, it's a glaring stat when you see it all in front of you, especially when you put Wheeler next to him. Uh, but uh, two things. I think that we're going to have to start getting used to 200 innings probably not being the benchmark anymore. Maybe 180 mm -hmm. innings is now the benchmark. And it's a pandemic-related thing. You can't, I don't think you can fault him for that. It's not like, like he didn't have an arm problem at the beginning of the season. He had a COVID issue. So, like, I, I, I think we have to be a little bit more lenient this year. Okay. But, again, I, I, I'm going to go with Corbin. All right, that's fair enough. You know what? I'll buy that argument. I'll buy that argument. I, I do actually think it's it is going to be close because of that. Um, okay. I don't think I don't think Burns is a runaway winner. I and I'm not going to have any problem if he wins it. You know, you're right. You you brought up a, a good point about the COVID situation. American League, uh, Robbie Ray, Garrett Cole, Lance Lynn are your guys. By the way, we should give Max Scherzer some credit since he's the third finalist in the National League race, but we didn't talk about him. Go ahead. Yeah, Max, I mean, Scherzer is incredible. What he did for the L.A. was awesome. Obviously, everyone remembers that. Um, in the AL, I think Robbie Ray wins it. I think he – I th actually think – I said Corbin's going to run away with it. I don't actually believe that. Uh, I do believe Robbie Ray will run away with the American League, uh, Cy Young. Here's some important stats that he led the league in. ERA, 284, strikeouts, innings pitched, ERA plus whip. The guy holds right now, <laughs> and I say this about him all the time. All-time leader in strikeouts per nine for a starting pitcher at 11.2 per nine. So Robbie Ray turned into a beast this year. The, the Jays yep. went out, and it was sort of a reclamation project, if you will, and they got a Cy Young out of it. So um, I think that he deserves the award. I think he's going to get the award. And it's it was cool watching him, like I guess, turn into what people always thought he could be. Well, I, I actually think this one will not be close. Uh, Garrett Cole was a, a clunker down the stretch. I know Robbie Ray in two of his last three starts was not very good either. And some people say, well, because you needed your ace to pitch at such a big time and the Blue Jays ended up one game out, I'm going to hold that against him. Well, if so, you can't go with Garrett Cole because he was terrible as well. Lance Lynn had significantly less innings than either of those two guys. Uh, I'm going to ding him for that. And that was not COVID related. Uh, as far as Robbie Ray, I think this is almost a mirror image of Cliff Lee's uh, 2008 season. And Lee, people forget this. He pitched for Cleveland in 2007 when they made it all the way to game seven of the ALCS. He was not on their playoff roster. He was so bad. He was so wild. He was so all over the place. 
He was not on their postseason roster. That was all about CC and Fausto Carmona mm-hmm. and Jake Westbrook and those guys. The next year, Lee found it. He ended up winning the Cy Young Award. It, it was very similar. If you go look at their numbers, like Robbie Ray's ERA went from over six a year ago down to 284. You never see that. I mean, that is just some impressive ERA. If you're more into ERA plus, it went from 68, which is significantly below league average, up to plus 154. It's interesting because, you know, he had really good years in Arizona as well. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't understand what happened there and what, what did the Blue Jays do differently? Like, how can you be that? How could there be such a difference in the years? But uh, I think if I'm Robbie right now, I go break the bank and I don't care who it's with. I just go get the money, but it would be cool if he went back to the blue Jays and said, this is, I found a home here where I feel really comfortable. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen unless they make the offer. Uh, but Robbie Ray, man, I'm going to say congrats to him right now. Cause I think he's just going to win it. I do too. And I don't think it's close. All right. Uh, let's move on to a guy who started off as a Toronto blue Jay farmhand. And uh, was eventually traded as part of the R.A. Dickey deal to the New York Mets. We thought at this time last week that Noah Syndergaard was going to accept the qualifying offer for $18.4 million from the New York Mets. And then yesterday we get news that he's taken a physical with the Angels. And sure enough, he inks a one-year $21 million deal to pitch out in Anaheim. So is this bigger news for L.A. or for the team that he left behind, the New York Mets? I think it's bigger for Anaheim. And I'll tell you why. I I think first I want to say this. It's a very steep price to pay for a guy who's had arm issues coming off of TJ. We're talking $21 and that's just the start. They had to give up the second-round draft pick. They said it's Mm going to be around the 50th pick. Add another $7 million to the value. We're talking $28 million pretty much in total value for Syndergaard off of TJ for one year. Seems like a steep price, but we've been asking the Angels to do this for years. Go no, get. that's not we what have. we've asked them to do. We've asked them to improve well, their pitching. That that this doesn't necessarily this guarantee is, it. I think this is the beginning. You have to start somewhere, and if they want to go make a splat, if they want to go make a splash and, and sign someone for five years, like this is a supplement to that. They went out and said, you know, what, we'll spend for one year. One-year deals, not going to hurt you too bad. I think this is the beginning. If it's not the beginning, Chris, and this is it, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to retract everything I said right now. But I think this is the beginning. Uh, They give them the one year. It allows them to go out and get somebody else. But like I said, we've been asking them to go, like you said, improve the pitching staff. I think this is a very much a high ceiling play. But I also believe he's got a low floor with the arm injuries. Usually, typically, when you get a guy coming off of TJ, you want the first year is – not great because you're trying to get the feel back and the trust back. So we'll see how that goes. He's going to have a whole off season to really try to do that, try to simulate game situation. This guy works really hard. I know the guys mm-hmm. he, that he that he um, does his workouts with in the off season. I've heard nothing but good things. So I'm happy for the Angels. I'm happy for Noah too. You know, maybe too. this is a, a fresh, clean start that he needs. I hope it's just the beginning for the Angels, though. I, I do too. And you hope that when they get him under the roof that they can see that he has progressed to the point where he is worthy of an extension. Because to me, if they don't work out an extension, then what are you doing all this for? It's basically like pissing a second-round pick down the toilet, um, which I don't necessarily get. 
here's the thing I worry about. We just started talking about innings on the starting pitcher. When a guy is coming back from Tommy John and through all of two one-inning stints a year ago, is he going to automatically give you 180 this year? Like, I don't no. think so. I think that they're going to probably baby him. And to no fault of Cinderguards, I think that's just the way we're working guys back from Tommy John. If he throws 150 innings this year, people in Anaheim are going to be jumping for joy. But that means if you really want to, if you pay a guy $21 million as a starting pitcher, you expect him to give you it about 180 innings. About 100 innings. So that means we're, we have a 30 inning shortfall, roughly, between what Cindergard will likely give you and what you expect a guy $21 million a year to give you. Where are you going to make that up? How many games is that going to cost you when you're putting in guys who shouldn't be throwing those 30 innings? It, I think what you said at the beginning right there is interesting. I, I do believe that they see this as a play. If they take him in the spring training, maybe he looks good first month or so. Then they say, okay, like let's let's try to hammer something out. But the longer if he does look good, the longer they wait, and there's they probably won't have a chance to do that. He's gonna he'll test the market. But I don't know. I'm rooting for this move. I've I am too. I'm not so much crap about the Angels and their front office and their management, and deservedly so. They seem to spend money on things they don't need. It's like when you have eight TVs and then you go out and buy another TV. You don't need it. Well, I, I, it's cool to have I'm it. Not it's cool necessarily to agree TV. with that. They've always spent money. They've just spent it poorly. Remember a couple of years ago when they That's gave one I'm year saying, deals? Chris. That's what I'm saying. But they keep going and getting fucking bats. You don't need any more bats. Dude. Not necessarily, though. You remember a couple of years ago they did one-year deals for Trevor Cahill and Matt Harvey, and they both blew up in their face. And dude, you're the guy not... who always – you always tell me there's no bad one-year deals. Those were terrible one-year deals for those that franchise. Yeah, but no, but that, those aren't the deals that hamstrung the franchise. The deal that no, hamstrung the franchise hamstrung. was Albert Pujols. Yes. So We can agree on that. That's fine. I, I – I think, I don't know. I'm hope I'm, I'm I'm praying for the Angels. I want them to do good. Okay, I really yeah. do. Uh, real quickly, before we do move on, I do want to touch on the second part of the question with what this means for the Mets. Now, we, Billy Epler's just been announced as their new GM. He, of course, was the guy who was giving away some of those deals out in Anaheim. So we'll see how this works out for the Mets. But man, DeGrom coming back from injury. Carlos Carrasco has dealt with injuries the last few years. Peterson coming back from an injury. Walker and McGill, terrible second halves for the most part. There's a ton of question marks, and they're going to walk, watch their healthiest, most consistent pitcher in Marcus Stroman probably get a five, six, seven-year deal elsewhere. If I'm a Mets fan, I'm sitting here going, what the hell's happening here? You know, they're in a position that a lot of teams are in. A lot of teams need pitching. <clears throat> I think they're in a better position to go spend, though. So you kind of have to feel good about that. Let's let the offseason shake out a little bit. Maybe they add. It's still a premier destination to go. I don't care what anybody says. I know is in it? the media they get blasted. I think it is. I think it is. You're in New York. you got an owner that's willing to spend. I think guys are still willing to go there. I really do. Especially if all the DH is here for both sides. All I can say is I think that if you would have asked the Mets a week ago, the Mets brass, do you think Noah Syndergaard will be – in Queens next year, throwing for you guys, 99% they would have said yes. I think this was a shock to their system. Maybe. I mean, look, they got to they got a pick out of it. And and honestly, look, there's a lot of risk with this deal. There really is. So I don't think they feel too bad about this. They okay. need to go out and worry about filling the rest of their rotation out, supplementing some of the offense that they need. 
Uh, it's going to be a big, hopefully a big offseason for the Mets as well. All right. We talked about Robbie Ray. He is a free agent and will probably have Cy Young in tow later today. Uh, if he goes back to Toronto, he will rejoin Jose Barrios in that rotation. Barrios reportedly getting an extension with one year left before his walk. Uh, seven years, $131 million. When you heard that news yesterday, how shocked were you? Uh, not shocked at all. I'm I'm really happy for the Blue Jays. I think he's – I've said this so much about Barrios. I'm still waiting for it to kind of come true. Uh, I think there's another level there. Like, I think the ceiling is still higher. And if, if I'm a team and I'm gauging free agents or I'm gauging guys that I want to give some money to, like he's probably at the top of the list. The way the guy works, the way he approaches the game, you know he is going to be professional. You know he's going to work hard. That is the type of guy I am okay with giving money to, especially when he's, he's got a good track record. Everyone says he's not an ace. Well, you know what? He could be an ace. But he's definitely going to be like a two for you, and a two is really, really important. So essentially, that he, he was going to make upwards of ten to twelve million dollars this year in arbitration. Essentially, it's like a six-year, one-twenty free agent deal, and I think he's worth every single penny of that. How old is he? Let me look this up. Twenty-seven. He, he's twenty-seven. He'll start the year next year at twenty-seven. Yep. You, we have seen this now, especially with pitchers. You can age well as a pitcher. You're a guy like. Uh, Barrios, and I, I heard this randomly. I was, I was doing a little bit of research for today's show, and someone, and I didn't know this about him, even though I played with him, someone said that he didn't start pitching until like later on in his life. So maybe the mileage is even less than we know. He works hard. This is a guy you can bank on to be in your rotation, give you innings, work hard. I think it's a no-brainer. I'm happy the Jays did it. He can grow with that core. Like He's not done getting better. I love it. I agree with you a thousand percent on that part. Uh, give me one second. I got to text something. Okay. I love Barrio. Right. So maybe, you know, look, I'm, I do too. I'm always going to talk positive about well, the guy. Here's one thing that I did not know about him until I looked at his numbers yesterday. He makes every freaking start after he got <laughs> traded. He still, he made 32 starts this past year. He made 12 in the COVID 60 game shortened season, which was basically the max you can, if you do the math. One out every five days, that means he's making 12 starts. 2019, 32 starts. 2018, 32 starts. That's some big shit in my world. I just told you about it. Now, part of the part of the frustration, I think, with Jose Barrios is that he doesn't go deep enough into games a lot of time, and that's because his walk rate was astronomical. It came down significantly in the 10 to 12 starts he made with Toronto this year. I don't know how they fixed him. You asked about the Robbie Ray situation. In Toronto, maybe they found something in Barrios's delivery or something that he was doing where they dropped his walk rate. That's going to allow him to throw more strikes. That's going to allow him to stick around games a little bit more. I think this is a phenomenal extension. It makes a lot of sense, particularly when they've got so many of their outstanding young bats that haven't even hit arbitration yet. Pay those starting pitchers. We'll figure out the stuff with Vlad and with Bo Bichette somewhere down the line because you're going to have to pay them too. Yeah, and $20 million is obviously a lot of money per year. That's basically what I'm saying it's going to be after the Arb year this year. But I think we're going to look back at it and say this is this is a deal for both sides. You gave Barrios financial security. He's very rich now. But also, I think yep. it's good for the team. Like This is not a, a deal that's going to hamstring you. Hamstrung, hamstring, I don't know. Hamstring. I love it. Okay, very good.
Give me 30 seconds. 30 talk seconds. What am I going to talk about for 30 seconds? I wish I had the chat up. Baseball today is going. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think about the Barrios thing? Um, I had Ray and Corbin Burns pretty easily winning the Cy Young. I'm curious about that. Hi that there. was not 30 Sorry. seconds. Yeah. Wednesdays are tough around here at this time of day. You know, yeah. trying to get a teenager out of bed. Anyway, uh, more interesting courtship for you. Justin Verlander reportedly by several AL East teams. The Yankees obviously being right there. Uh, you heard about the Jays, although they might now be out. Boston Red Sox are interesting. We even heard he might go back to Detroit, his original home. Or Boston right now doing some heavy breathing and panting over Javi Baez. I kind of love the Javi Baez to Boston thing. Like JV, like, I don't know, man. It, it doesn't necessarily do it for me right now. Wherever he lands, I'll be like, okay, let's see. Let's see what we got. But Baez, seeing him in, in, in different uniforms is exciting for me. You just see him in the pinstripes with Cubs. When he went to New York, he turned it on. He looked good in the Mets uniform. Mm -hmm. I think a Boston uniform. So it would be who it would be? It would be Devers, Bogarts, and Baez at second base? Well, right? so there's one of two options. I did not know that Xander Bogarts ranked as poor metrically at shortstop as he does. And there's a severe difference between Baez at short and Bogarts at short. Now, can you go to a guy who's been one of the quiet faces of your franchise pretty much since 2013 and say, hey, do you mind moving? Particularly a year when he could opt out after the 2022 season. I don't know if you want to do that, even though it could help your defense significantly. Probably not. I feel like that's what that's what will end up being. They'll keep Bogarts at short. Because where are you going to put him at second base? I don't think that's... You could. Maybe. Either way, you got those two guys at the middle... And you got Devers over at third base, and then you got Kike Roman. I, I just the energy there seems really, really good. Like when I think about Baez in a Red Sox uniform, it makes sense. Sometimes you just can't see it. At least I can't see some guys in different uniforms playing in these cities, fitting into the lineup. But Baez fits, and maybe he fits everywhere because he's just a really good baseball player. Mm -hmm. But there's something about seeing him in a Red Sox uniform that would be like, hmm, I like that. And Heim. If Heim is going after a guy, I'm like kind of all for it because I'm a Heimbloom fanatic. Yeah. By the way, the, the one thing that caught my eye is if Verlander goes back to Detroit to go full circle on that. Like if he I goes like to that. the Yankees, yeah, I could see him go to the Yankees. If he goes to the Dodgers for a year, I could see him going to the Dodgers, that sort of stuff. But man, it didn't even really register with me that he could. And since they started opening up the, uh, the wallet for Eduardo Rodriguez and they've got those three young guys in, uh, you know, Casey Mize and Scooball and Manning all right there. Who better to learn from than a guy like Verlander? I was going to say that. They'd be foolish not to explore this. Number one, yes, you're getting Verlander to help your young pitching staff and to see what it means to be a professional and all that good stuff. That is worth a lot of money to me. Like, I would overpay just to bring him back to help my young guys. And number two, that AL Central is so freaking weak like go be aggressive in it like don't like you don't have to wait anymore like it's time like you can go take that division over right now I, I know the White Sox are really good but okay one team let's go yeah plus there's a lot of wins to be had against you know the likes of Kansas City and perhaps Minnesota and maybe Cleveland depending on what they end up doing in the offseason and with guys like Torkelson and Green on the offensive side yeah. exploding in the minor leagues and being right on the precipice of making it and, to the show. 
it's exciting Carlos times. Correa, right? It's certainly it's part of the equation. There's no question. Um, last one. So we've already had four award winners: uh, rookies of the year, Rosarena, uh, India, your managers of the year, Kevin Cash for a second straight year, and your buddy Gabe Kapler. Which of the four reactions after they won the award did you appreciate the most? I thought they were all pretty good. I'm a I'm a family guy, so I like the family around a lot. No offense yeah. to Gabe, he was by himself. Although he had me there, I feel like I'm a little bit of family. So I'm, look, that's the one. I don't know if the people can see this. Are we showing that to everybody? Yeah. Yes, so. we are. Okay, I you. love the cash. I love Kevin Cash and look, Randy's great and Jonathan Indy having everyone around them, but. Kevin Cash with his his wife and his daughters, and they were like screaming and going nuts. I just thought that was really cool because Kevin is not that kind of person outwardly. Like he's very much like gonna joke and it's locker room a lot. Like he's a guy's guy, gonna razz you. But to see him around his family and like getting smooches and like all the baby yeah. girls around him, I love that. So well, we're I just, liked Cash a lot. We're just seeing the shot of uh, Jonathan India getting hugged by his mom, his dad, and grandma. I yeah. love the shot of grandma coming in from the side and giving, you know, grandma would be the best when she'd just give you that big old kiss right on the side of your cheek. Just, I love that. I thought that was phenomenal. <laughs> um, Kevin Cash had the best line out of the four. He said that um, my wife and my two daughters aren't celebrating and screaming because I won the award again. They're screaming because our eight-year-old son is out of the house. So, <laughs> You're enjoying that. That's cash Gabe, right there. That is cash. But Gabe had the biggest flex where if you look in the background of him, he's got his computer put up on his balcony in his high rise. I don't know if you went up to his high rise, but look in the look in the reflection of the Bay Area. That it's beautiful. That's nice. That away, Gabe. Mm -hmm. Don't sleep on that. Let me tell you this about Gabe. Gabe is very happy where he's at in his life. He's very confident in what he's doing. I went and got a little bit of a taste of kind of just the overall vibe of the Giants uh, organization, and it's different, and it's awesome. And talking to him just makes me really, really appreciate uh, what he's doing there and, like, the amount of respect he has for every single person in the organization. He takes into account everybody's feelings yeah. and um, their – you know, he taps into what you can do to help the franchise. Every single person, he knows like what you can do to help, and he draws that out of you. Gabe's in a great place. Yeah, seems like. Did you ask him about being on the Rose rotation? He liked it. He said he did a great job. He really did. Thanks. Appreciate you, man. He likes me more than we me, have, but. Well, that's fine. Most people do. I like you more than I like me. Uh, what do you have coming up on John Boy Media? I'm going back with the boys. We're doing Talking Baseball Live right after this. I don't think James is back yet with us, so it might just be Jake and I. Uh, but we'll talk about all things going on, man. It's going to be good. I had a sequence come out yesterday with Jonathan India. I actually thought it was a really good episode. He made an adjustment on uh, May 29th to hmm. change this whole season. So go check it out. Good. Uh, Mitch Haniger, uh with the Seattle Mariners. That episode just dropped. Talked about a ton of things. He was really, really good and chatty and honest. I love this. He kind of peeled back the onion on the Kendall Graveman trade and how much okay. that rocked the clubhouse and <clears throat> whether or not he wanted to hear from his GM, Jerry DePoto, 
or if he was so pissed at him after that trade that he didn't want to hear from him or talk to him. That was a really interesting story. The one clip we already put out, which I thought was phenomenal, was um, Kyle Seeger, his last day as a Mariner, where Scott Service brought him off the field and allowed the entire crowd, and tears were streaming down his face, and he talked about why Seeger meant so much to that organization. That's awesome. You know, we don't – he's the first Mariner we've had on the show, and I think that because they get tucked away up there in the Pacific Northwest and they haven't been in the playoffs in 20 years, we've forgotten how much energy there is in baseball up in Seattle. So I thought it was really, really good and a lot of fun. And we just had our free agent player fantasy draft. So I did it with three other members of John Boy Media. Okay. It's coming out next Monday. One of the guys already got signed, though, that we drafted. It's, there's a point value system in terms of if you have a guy changing teams, if you get the contract length. Uh, Syndergaard, right? Award winner. What's that? Is it Syndergaard? I can't tell you who it is. Okay. Okay. You have to check out the episode. It's re- it was really fun. We had a blast. It was an hour. I think people are really going to enjoy it. It was like the uh, the summer um, trade draft that we did at the All-Star okay. game. So this one's really, really fun. So it's that simple. I love it, man. All right, dude. Hey, when are we going golfing? We'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, man. Dude, I told you, I have to stretch for like two days before I even well, think. Of it. I'm going to have to do spend it. 80 hours on the reformer before I do that. Because if not, I won't be able to walk for a month. So okay. I want to. I appreciate the offer. Uh, tell Stafford it's okay. By the way, OBJ is not living up there, right? Just relax, guys. Seven and three. The Rams are in a good position. A couple bad games yeah. in a row. We're all good. He's got the bye week. You guys can hang out. It's going to be fun. Okay. I don't know what they're doing. All right, let's... Who knows? All right, everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to Baseball Today. We're back at it on Friday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, if you're going to join us on the live. If you can't, that's all right. We put it out on our social media channels. You can hit it up on the JM Baseball YouTube site. Uh, we'll also tweet it out for you. We'll put it out on Instagram. It's there for your consumption. But we appreciate you helping us stay the number one streaming destination in the baseball world. Yes, sir? Oh, I said we're number one. Oh, you have very long fingers. I didn't. Love you guys. Wow. See ya.